Open your Bibles to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Happy Father's Day to all of you dads. It's so fun preaching through the scriptures because it's amazing how often just whatever the day is, the scripture that we're at is absolutely appropriate. So look at Psalm 119 and look at verse 9. We finished the first eight verses. Look at verse 9. The Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? I think this would be just a tremendous verse for all of us as dads to memorize. And as we raise our children to keep this in mind. Isn't it amazing? This is Father's Day and this is the passage that we get to look at today. And this might be a little bit of an unusual message today. And if it's a bomb, then we'll just pretend it never happened. Okay. Um, because I have in my mind, Andy joins today. Where's Andy at? Right there. Y'all understand why here in a minute. Now that's not why it's going to bomb. It's me trying to, to do this thing. But here, here's where my idea came from. This is, I've mentioned this book. It's the golden alphabet by CH Spurgeon. And it's his commentary on Psalm 119. This book was printed in 1887. Listen to what he said about this passage. These verses, talking about verses 9 through 16, these verses commence at the beginning of life. Though written by an old man, they were written for all young men. Only he who begins with God in the greenness of youth will be able to write thus experientially in the ripeness of age. No sooner has David introduced his subject with one octave of verses, but he is looking after young men in the next set of eight stanzas. He much thought, or how much he thought of youthful piety. In the Hebrew, each verse in this section begins with B. If thoughts upon the blessed way make up his A, so if you look at verse 1, blessed are the undefiled in the way. Verse 2, blessed are they that keep his testimonies. So he begins it with a blessing. And all, uh, so the, the Psalm 119 is divided up into 28 sections of eight verses that follow the Hebrew alphabet. So the first eight verses each in Hebrew begin with the letter Aleph, A. Here this next section is Beth, and it's, it's, they would all begin with the letter B. So listen to what he says here. If thoughts upon the blessed way make up his A, then thoughts upon blessed young men shall fill up the next letter. Oh, to be early with God, to give him the dew of the day of life is to make the most of life. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, help us as we study this passage. And Lord, I pray that um, this message, it, it'll be a blessing to your people and will honor your word. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a significant question. If you look at verse 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? That is a significant question, and it is honestly the most significant question any of us can ask. How am I going to live a holy life? How am I going to walk along this path? And so, because it's Father's Day, I thought I could speak to fathers but after I read what Spurgeon had said and I looked at this passage, instead I want to speak as a father today on Father's Day. And it's interesting, when I became pastor of the church here, I was 33 years old, so young, and I looked even younger, and that's gone away. And I have conquered that problem. 
And so now at 57 years old, I know I'm not the oldest man in the room, but I'm older than a lot of you. And so today I want to speak to you as a father to young men, to young people. And I especially want to speak to you young people today as a father. And I hope that maybe along the way the rest of you fathers can pick up on some things that maybe you can uh, apply in your home. There's no more important question than the question that's being asked here, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And there's no better time to ask it than at the beginning, right? When we're beginning something, it's very important to understand the right way to do it. So I grew up in a furniture shop. My dad, uh, as he was planting his churches, he paid the bills by repairing furniture. So my brother and I, we would spend really our, our whole day, if we weren't at school, stripping and sanding furniture refinishing furniture. Dad got to do the fun part, the staining and the spraying. My brother and I did the grunt work, the stripping and the sanding. And what we learned early on was, you know, y'all know that, that grain runs in one direction, unless it's some kind of a burl or something. But in general, grain runs in one direction on a piece of wood. And to get the stain off, you have to sand through a bunch of wood. That was a George Bush right there. You see him stumble for a word. And what we're talking about is uh, wood. <laughs> so you, you got to stand through this top layer of wood to get through the, the stain to where you have the bare wood again so you can stain it a different color. Y'all, y'all with me so far? Your kids are already asleep because that was really boring right there. I admit it. It was. But what I learned as a young man is if I go against the grain, it takes off the top layer much faster. The only problem is my dad taught me this, listen, after I had learned that, that for every one stroke this way against the grain, it takes about a hundred this way to get those marks out. So what I thought I was saving by the shortcut it cost me so much more time, so much more labor. What did I need to know? I needed to start right so I could finish well. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The best time for you young people to ask this question is at the beginning, not after you've been down the road a little bit and you look back and you've got all of this that you have to repair. And all of us old folks said, amen. It is the beginning, this, this, this time of asking, it's the beginning of a great adventure. I want you to picture the Lord of the Rings. Now we understand. Picture Andy in his outfit at, uh, at Trunk or Treat, but picture me in it. I am now Bilbo Baggins. I've got the height down already. And what I want to do, young people, is I want to tell you about a great adventure that I took. I set out on this path. Now I'm old, and I want to look back and tell you about the adventure that my life has been. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? See, I have a heroic task. The task that I have set out to do is to live a life of holiness. Look at verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So my task, my goal in my life has been to live 
a holy life. And I'm very thankful that God gave me holy parents and I got to grow up in a Christian home and I got to go to a Christian school. And I was raised very much in an innocent way. Praise God for the gift of innocence that my parents gave me. And praise God for the gift of innocence that many of your parents have given you. Never, never be bitter at your parents for keeping you from evil. And I'm very thankful I set out on this path, I set out on this adventure to live a holy life. But I realized I have a significant problem. You see, I want to walk in the way of holiness. Notice what it says in verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And I want to walk in the holiness, but here's my problem. My way, even as a young man, is already in sin. That's my problem. I have already committed sin and I have already defiled my way. So from the beginning, I have a serious problem. I already have in me a tendency toward that which defiles. Verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. But my problem is I have a tendency in me, which is sin, that draws me to a defiled path rather than a path that is holy. And remember, my goal is holiness. So how am I going to cleanse my way? How am I going to live a holy life? How am I going to walk in the right way according to God's statutes? You see, this is my problem. I want to begin right. As a young man, I did. I wanted to begin right. And then being able to know how to choose right. We've talked about the the poem before, the path not taken. And you you stop at a fork in the road, and you you can only go one of two ways. Was it the comedian Stephen Wright? When there's a fork in the road, take it. That's not helpful advice. So you get to the fork in the road and you take it. And the idea is, what would have happened if I had taken that path? What would have happened if I had gone that way? Do we have any adults in this room that, would, that, that have asked that question? What if I had done this right? My problem is, I want to walk on that right path. I set out my life. I began my adventure wanting to take the right path. But now I am standing at a fork, and I don't know how to choose the right way. And it's interesting, even as a Christian young man, there are times when I know what to choose, but I end up choosing the wrong way because it's very alluring. It's my adventure. I want to begin right. I want to be able to know and to choose right And then I want to stay right until Jesus Christ takes me home. Now, praise God, I don't believe I'm at the end of my path. Hopefully, God gives me many more years. But I want to, from this point on, continue. So regardless of where you are in life, you might not be young anymore, but this can be the first day of your new journey. You can begin an adventure as an old man. It doesn't Bilbo do that at the end of the... Which movie is it? Or book? What? Two Towers. So at the end of Two Towers, he gets off and sets off for his new journey. Some of us old folks need to begin a new journey. And how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? 
So I want to begin right. I want to be able to know and choose right. And then I want to stay right until Jesus takes me home. God help me. How in the world am I going to do this? See, because uh, it's a significant question, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? I have a significant problem. I want to do that, but I have a significant reality. I have no idea how to do it. I have no idea how to do it. And young people, right now you may feel like you have the answers in life. And I'm not going to talk down to you because many of you do have really good plans for your life. You've, you've got wisdom that God has given you through his word. But what happens is when you're actually thrown out into it, I had lots of ideas. I like to say it this way. I know a lot less about pastoring now than I did 23 years ago. Because once you get into it and you find out what the job really is, you say, oh my goodness, I have not prepared for this. So now we need to realize that there's a significant reality. I have no idea how to do it. Spurgeon in his book said this, let him not think that he knows the road to easy victory, nor dream that he can keep himself by his own wisdom. He will do well to follow the psalmist and become an earnest inquirer, asking how he may cleanse his way. So I've got this goal. I've got this path. I'm going to set out on my great adventure. And to get to my goal of personal holiness, I recognize that I have to vanquish a trinity of horrors. And I find that in my map, which is my Bible, notice what it says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And so now I've got my map. And as I look in my map, on my way to holiness, there are three significant horrors that I need to overcome. And they are the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so my pastor has told me all of my life that the goal of the Christian life is to take off the world's glasses and to put on biblical glasses and to see everything around me through the lens of Scripture. So as I set out on my path and I start my journey, my great adventure to holiness, I step outside and I put on my glasses and I see the world as it is. And then I put on my glasses and I see the world through spiritual eyes. And the first thing that I notice is everything is out there to kill me. I step out my door and everything looks fine. I put the glasses on and there's these monsters. There's everything around me. I find myself on a precipice. I'm on the side of this mountain. And I look to the side and there are the bones of all of those who have gone before me and didn't make it. They're my friends who started looking at things in magazines, on television, in their phone that they shouldn't have, and they fall by the wayside. They're my friends who get married, and they don't follow what the Lord says about their home, and they fall by the wayside. There are people, I, as I'm making my journey on this path to holiness, I look down on both sides, and there are, there are the bones of others. And you'd think that the path would be easy, but it's not. All of a sudden, it's much steeper than I ever thought. And as I'm making my way up, I keep slipping and I'm falling. And everything in the world is against me. I come around the corner and there's this great maw. And inside, there's the fetid breath of a monster. And it's just sin. And it's this entire world system that has been established by Satan to keep me off of the path of holiness. That's what I'm facing. The world. But that's bad enough. I put the glasses on and I see the world and all of a sudden everything that looks so beautiful and pristine I find is horrible and evil. But then I look at myself because it's the world and it's the flesh. 
and my skin looks so young and youthful. Then I put my glasses on, and I see that I'm full of leprous sores, and I'm pitiful, and I'm weak, and I'm trying to make it up this hill, and my lungs don't have the capacity, and I'm wheezing, and I'm falling. I don't have the strength, and it feels like I'm carrying all these burdens, and I can't make it at all. And then when I look at the scriptures and I say my strength is in him and I I find some strength to go on, I go around that corner, there's that monster of sin. I fight through the monster of sin and as 1 John chapter 2 says, I overcome the wicked one. I'm a young man and I've overcome the wicked one. I have this victory and I'm there and I get around and I have defeated his minions. I come around the next corner up that hill, tired and wheezing, and now all of a sudden I face Satan himself. And Satan is there to knock me off that path of holiness. After struggling mightily mightily, and failing miserably at the point of death and only having just begun his journey, our hero realizes that his problem is not the world, the flesh, and the devil. You see, what I realize is my problem is me. You see, I I look at the world and I see that the world is evil. And then I look at my flesh and I know that my flesh will fail me. And then I see that Satan has established everything in this world to knock me off that path. But then I realize that in me is the lust of the eyes. There's the lust of the flesh. And there's the pride of life. All along the way, there's the shiny object that is attracting me to the siren coal of destruction. Everywhere I go, and it appeals to the lust of my eyes. The beauty of the world, the beauty of immorality, what appears to be beauty, is drawing me off of that path. And it so appeals to my flesh because it feels good, it tastes good, it looks good. I love it. And then, I realize... That I don't look like the world. And my pride takes over. And I want the acceptance of the people that only want to destroy me. And so now I'm on this path to holiness. I have this great adventure. And I'm heading that way. And and I run into the world, the flesh, and the devil. But I realize in me there's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And I'm failing miserably. I'm falling. And then I realize my problem. I've been after the wrong goal. If my goal is holiness, I will always fail. Here's what happens. Our hero, he's on the way. He's fallen. He's miserable. And there's no Samwise Ganji wrong story to help him. There's Gollum everywhere. <laughs> But here's the problem. I find out I'm Gollum. It's me. The world, by by me making holiness and perfection and the law my goal, I've turned into a monster because I can't do it. And here's what happens. I ask the question, 
Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Well, I've been doing that. I've been following the map. I've been following the path of holiness, and I'm running into all of this. But then I realized I had the wrong goal. Look at verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. You see, the key to being able to read the map was to change my destination. And when I begin seeking the map's author with my whole heart, all of a sudden as I look at the text, it transforms before me. And now I see that there's a path to holiness that now becomes my path, not a path that someone else has written. And I see that God has a plan for my life in his word. And that as I love the author of the map, I can now read it. Look at verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought holiness. Is that what it says? Have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. I needed to seek the map's author with my whole heart. My safe path now materialized on the pages of my map. So what's my answer? My answer is to trust God and to trust his word. But the next thing I need to do is I need to actually really study it. I need to understand it. I need to stop living. Listen, I need to stop living the holiness of others. And this holiness now needs to become mine as I love God. Because the Bible says even as he is holy... So, so should we be holy. Be holy as God is holy, the Bible says. My holiness not, needs not to be based on what some man has said. My holiness needs to be based on what God has said that I am to do. You see, I started off with my parents' faith, but when I fell and when I understood I could not make it anymore, the faith became my own and the whole world changed. You see, I want to love God, not the path. I want to love God, not the law. I want to love God. And when I love God, then I begin to love his law. I begin to love his word. I begin to understand his commandments. My answer now is to trust it, and I study it, and then with greatest care, I follow its directions. Verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. You see, when I realized that I'm walking this path of holiness and it's very steep, it's very difficult, I put on biblical glasses and I understand that the world, the flesh, and the devil is there. I understand that I have the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life in me, against me. That's when I realize I need something other than myself. And that is the Holy Spirit of God living in me, revealing himself through his word. And do you know what happens now? I can walk that path with joy. But here's, young people, don't, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. I'm the old man. I've come home talking to you about my adventure. You're getting ready to start yours. You're on that path. You're moving along. Here's what I don't want you to think. That once I realized my destination was wrong, that personal holiness is not the destination. 
loving God as the destination. And then he gives you the personal holiness. Here's the mistake that young people can make. That once I realize that, it becomes easy. No. All that is in the world. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life. It's not of God. It's of this world. Just because I'm saved... Just because I give my life, I'm saved, and then I also surrender my entire life to the Lord. And I say, Lord, I love you. I want you to guide my path. That It's still not easy. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a fight the whole way. But here's what happens. You start going up that path. And you realize that your flesh is weak. The Holy Spirit strengthens you. And by the time you get to either your death or the rapture of Jesus Christ, do you know what you are? You are that strong believer. First John, I write unto you little children because you know that your sins are forgiven. I write unto you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. Listen, I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. See what happens is you get to the end of your path in holiness. Now you're strong and you can look back down the trail and you can be the young man. You you can be the one counseling the young man saying, look, I've had my adventure. Now it's time for you to have yours. See, the Christian life, it really is an adventure. The Christian life is a wonderful thing, full of hazards, full of, full of wrong steps, and full of pain, and full of agony, but full of bliss, and full of ecstasy, and full of joy. And you know what I can tell you at 57 years old? There's a whole lot of stuff I'm glad I didn't do. Praise God. There's a whole lot of stuff I wish I hadn't done. I want your path to be straighter than mine was. Mine was pretty straight. That's straight enough. I want your path to be straighter than mine. Young people, do you want your path to be straight? If holiness is your goal, you're going to fail. If godliness is your goal, with the Holy Spirit, you're going to win. I know some of you grew up in the holiness model. You felt like you could never be good enough. All you could do is fail. Everything was failure and correction. You're just evil. That's not the way that God looks at us. When God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of his blessed and holy son. Praise God for that. Let's love the author more than the map, and then we can follow the map. Amen? Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that these young people, as they're starting on their journey, Lord, I I pray that they will receive the gift of innocence that we have given them. But once they step out into that world and they put on biblical glasses, they're going to see that it really is an evil and a horrible place. All that is in the world, your word says. And while they're starting off as, as little children who know that their sins are forgiven, they will overcome the wicked one with your help. But the ultimate goal is not to overcome the wicked one. The ultimate goal is to know you.